This is the Mojo, the Meaning of Life and Business podcast, where life and business intersect. Hosted by Jennifer Glass, CEO of Business Growth Strategies International and BGSI Coaching. We are dedicated to your success. Welcome to another episode of Mojo, the meaning of life and business. On today's program, we're going to be talking about podcasting with a purpose. Podcasting, for those of you that are listening to this show, know that podcasting is a really great way to reach people that are trying to learn new ideas, learn concepts, find ideas out there that can possibly help them grow their business learn different mindset hacks, all sorts of different ideas that are out there with podcasts. When you also have an idea of operating with purpose, though, it becomes an entirely different story. And knowing what you're trying to deliver to your audience, whether it's through podcasts, it's through video like you may be watching us right now, it may be through different mediums, But when you're operating with purpose, things really are dramatically different. And so before I bring on our guest, I wanted to tell you a little bit about Mike so that you know why he's really such a great guest. And we'll go from there. So our guest today is the founder of Social Chameleon, a podcast production, distribution, and content agency. He leads with a service above self-mentality seeking ways he can make a positive change within within his community and in the world. He's the host of Miked Up, a podcast that showcases inspiring entrepreneurs, award-winning authors, thought leaders, business and mindset coaches, peak, um, peak performers, entertainers, and other talented individuals who join the show to share their personal stories and deliver key insights to provide you, the listener, the ammo needed to level up and achieve your greatest dreams. Welcome to the show, Mike DiCiocio. Thanks, Jennifer. Appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show, Mike. So let me ask you, you've been in the podcast game now for quite some time. Can you tell us how you actually got to where you are right now, though? Because being with all of these incredible people that have been on your show and the peak performers, the speakers, the entertainers, the authors, thought leaders, to get on a show like yours, you had to be somewhere first. So Mm -hmm. can you tell us a little bit about what your backstory is and your journey to getting to where you are right now? Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, I'm super amped up to be here. And thank you to everyone who's tuning in, watching on YouTube or listening. Uh, My goal for being here on the show is to share this story to help anyone who's in a spot right now that's looking to level up, as you mentioned in the intro. Um, so I'm going to share my story and, and hope that um, you can apply it to yourself as you're listening and watching this to say, hey, how can we take this information and use it, right? So to answer your question, I've been podcasting with my own show since November 4th of 2019. I remember the exact day. I remember the moment very well um, with my friend Jackie Roach, who is actually someone who at the time Uh, We were working a lot together at Social Chameleon. She was working with us as a graphic designer. And um, 
I just shared my passion and love for podcasting and I was helping a lot of our clients at the time. So just a little back to back it up, Social Chameleon started off as a media and marketing company and then eventually transitioned into a podcast agency that it is today. It was not that in November of 2019. So she was kind of like, hey, you're helping everybody else build their brand. You're helping everybody else like launch their products and service and get it out there into the world. What about you? Like you, like you can do this, like you should be doing this. And I was always the person that was like encouraging everybody else. And um, I was very confident in myself, but it was one of those things where I wasn't even thinking about it. I was just thinking about helping everyone else. So she encouraged me to start. And I said, Hey, thank you so much, Jackie, for encouraging me to do this for that reason. I want you to be my first guest on the show. And I interviewed her and she has an incredible story. And if you guys want to go back and listen to episode one of Mic'd Up, you can do that um, to learn about Jackie. And she also is on, and don't ask me the episode number, but she was on like a hundred or so episodes later. And I, I kind of like brought her back on to talk about the new things that she's doing. So that's how I actually got started with episode one. But previous to that, I first was uh, someone who consumed podcasts a lot. So before I became an entrepreneur, I was actually in sales and doing a lot of driving around from either office to office or client, you know, kitchen table to kitchen table. And in some cases, I was even a, the store manager at a company and I would go help out other stores open and things like that. And I remember doing a lot of driving and I'm, I'm a musician, so I love music. I love to listen to music in the car, but I started to change that to the university on wheels, which is exactly what podcasting can become if you do it right. So I'd be driving. I remember one time to Pittsburgh from Buffalo back and forth. That's like, you know, four and a half, five hours of, of listen time of windshield time. And I remember listening to like some of these incredible podcasts back in like 2016 or so when it really hit home for me that I'm learning a lot through this medium. And I just, I fell in love with it. I also like to read and I like to engulf as much information as I can to consume it and then use it in business in some way. And I did that when I was a sales rep, I take this information. How can I, how can I, this $24 book, how can I turn it into a million dollar idea? That was always my mindset. But a lot of how I think and operate today and the gratitude I have in everything in life really started with changing the way I think and podcasting is what did that. Um, and then I told you about how I actually started my own show, but I, I, I don't want to fail to tell you kind of the connecting piece of listening to my first podcast, being inspired by them and starting was that a friend of mine, uh, Dave Mamano, who's out in Rochester, New York, who he was podcasting before I was, he was already at this point when, when we met a successful podcaster, he had like 25,000 downloads at the time. And I was like, okay, cool. You got like a show that's really, you know, doing well. Um, you know, and, and he asked me to produce it and I was like, well, you know, I have a media production background. I went to Buffalo state college for media production, but I never produced a podcast. So I said, there's gonna be a learning curve and I've never actually distributed one. So I'm going to have to kind of, kind of YouTube it to figure it all out. And, um, working on his show, I did like 50 episodes or so as his producer. And then that was the moment when Jackie was kind of talking me into starting my own show. And I did have this heart tug actually where I felt like it was God in the universe saying, I was asking, I was really open. I was surrendering saying, put me in position to do something with my life. I want to help other people. This isn't all about Mike being successful. I really do want to help other people. And I got this tug of like, 
podcasting is the way you can do that. You can reach so many more people instead of just the people I was having coffee with, which I love those experiences. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. Everybody can be the fly on the wall to this beautiful conversation that we had. You know, I would, I would go to a coffee meeting and I'd go my merry way and they would leave. And then I'd be like, man, that conversation was so good. It's a sin that nobody heard it, you know, except for the two of us. So that plus the experience I just told you about, plus Jackie's moment of encouraging me is how I got into it. And then fast forward now, close to three years later, I have a podcast agency where I've launched, you know, over dozens of, of podcasts for clients. Um, people have hired me to coach them through podcasting. And a lot of people who get started say, I don't have time and energy to do all the post-production editing and all that good stuff that some people enjoy doing, like myself and the team. We're a little crazy. We enjoy that meticulous editing. Um, and you know, we do everything for them. So our tagline is podcasting done for you. Uh, and we love it. So Social Chameleon became a media and marketing company at, at first and transitioned and pivoted um, and has been successful. Thankfully, throughout the pandemic, we've been blessed to, to be able to operate and we're doing better today than ever. Um, we're fully remote. So we don't only help people that are in our neck of the woods. We actually help people all across the world. And that's a great story. And I love how you also said University on Wheels um, for listening to podcasting or podcasts, because it's really important to think about it in that perspective. Yeah. There's so many amazing shows that are out there that really give you the power. And I think that it was um, on the iTunes network that Apple was offering even university courses through the iTunes platform that you were able to listen to actual lectures given by the professors as they were teaching their own classes. So being that fly in the room or the fly in the wall, listening to some of these amazing lectures that these professors were giving on a whole host of topics, podcasting really can be an incredible way to gain that education. One thing, though, that I would just note is if you are listening, make sure that you are checking with your own experts if there are specific questions that you have, because certain ideas may be presented that may or may not be valid for your individual situation. So check with your proper uh, person and uh just confirm that that'll work for you. But getting back though, Mike, to getting started with podcasting. So like you said, so many people are concerned. Oh my God, I've got no time. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have the right tech. I don't have whatever it is. If you were, let's start with the tech before we jump into the other side. Is there anything that somebody needs to have to start doing a podcast that yeah. they can say, well, I can't do it because I don't have this? Yeah, there's really four four main components. Time being the first one, which obviously either you have the time or you don't, or you create the time or you hire someone to take care of it in the time that you don't have. So that's the first one. Expertise. People either have the expertise or they don't in editing and video production and content creation for social media, which you're going to need to promote your show. It's just like a website back in the day. It's like, okay, you have this beautiful website, but you need to create the pathways 
so people can find it because otherwise it's an island by itself. So your podcast, you don't want it to be on an island. You want it to be somewhere that people can easily click through to get to it. So really it's time, it's the expertise, it's resources. Some of these things may be, you know, free, like Anchor is free um, or Lipson is, you know, starts at, I think, $5 a month. I think I'm paying now on Lipson closer to 40 bucks a month because of the amount of content for my show that we produce every month. Um, so there's different resources that you get familiar with, um, doing distribution through multiple channels, getting set up on Apple. There is some education that people can either learn by the DIY or hire a coach to teach them how to do it, or they can also hire people. And then really the fourth thing, and this goes for whether or not you hire somebody to, to manage your podcast or a company or do it yourself. The fourth and most important thing is having a system in place. Like anything else in life, if it's all over the place and scattered and you don't know where your files are and every time you do an episode, you put something in a different place or you save it, the recording to your desktop and there's 457 things you just saved there this week. I've seen some people meet them for coffee and they, they're showing me something on their computer and I see their desktop is just, you know, thousands of little, and it's like, I get anxiety just looking at it. So without a system in place, it's, it, it's highly likely, and this is not me just being pompous. This is actually from like facts and studying podcasting and working with people who've launched podcasts. Those that are not organized fail way more than people who are organized. I think that's just a life lesson. That's in, that's in the gym. If you don't have a system and you just start working out on random machines and weights after a six months, is that person going to be further ahead than the person with a regimented system that they know what they're doing every single day? So I say that because when I work with clients, um, a lot of times, you know, the shows that are really organized and I'm working with someone on their team that gives us the file on time, you know, we have a title, we have the show notes, we have it all laid out. We can execute at a high level. It's the clients or people we've worked with that are kind of like, I don't know where that is, or I have to try to pull it up, or it's in an email buried from six months ago and I interviewed this person that typically after a few episodes, they're already talking themselves out of it, you know? So um, having those four things give you the best chance of success. And one thing that I heard from uh, someone else, just that you have an idea is that 20 shows is the magic number. So yeah. many shows fail before you reach the 20 episode mark. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> Also, don't expect it to necessarily be revenue producing immediately. It may take two, three years even of doing your show before you may see that direct return. But if you think about it in this perspective, if you are releasing another show every week and people are seeing you and your content and your expertise, eventually you are going to become that quote-unquote household name to them that you will be in a position of being seen as that expert in the particular area that you're trying to be. And so from a purely branding perspective, that can be really helpful. From a business perspective, it can be priceless to borrow MasterCard's uh, term. But as it relates, though, to getting started, so one of the things, Mike, just to double check, because 
if anyone's watching us right now on video, you've got the scissor-armed microphone, you've got the earphones, you've got all of that additional tech that you're using. But if you don't have that tech, because right now maybe your budget is a little bit lower before you're ready to go ahead and invest in the Yeti microphones or the Shure microphone that you have or whatever it is, mm-hmm. anything that's stopping you from just starting using Zoom, using Skype or things along those lines to be yeah. able to move forward? Yeah. Great question. And thank you. I want to um, answer that and then add a little bit more to talk about what you were just talking about before, as far as consistency being so important. Absolutely. Uh, consistency is important. And then you, you talked about kind of like being a uh, known in your space, which also is a benefit. There's so many benefits. Um, I recently did a presentation on all the benefits of podcasting and I can rattle a few off, but really um, growing your network and being an expert and your, you know, a thought leader in your space are a couple that come to mind Um, being able to connect with so many amazing people. I can tell you the best thing that's happened to me uh, in the last five years is not only this podcast that I've launched, but um, it's the people I've met. It's really, that's to me when I define like the the thing that's been amazing about podcasting isn't necessarily the first thing I think of is the monetization of it. It's the network of amazing people because that is really the lifeblood of monetizing the show for me. Anytime I meet someone who their first mission is to monetize their show and that's really it, highly likely to fail because there's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot of consistency that needs to happen. There's a lot of work, whether it's you doing it or managing someone else doing it, that goes into it. And there is time that it's going to take to monetize it. Even those that have big followings to start with, it's not going to be like you just launch your first five shows and you're just all of a sudden, you know, supplementing your major income from a business or something that you're trying to walk away from it. Like I'll tell you that helps if you have a following to start with, you can absolutely um, bounce off energy with your existing followers and get them tuned into the show. And if you do it right and market it correctly, get their attention and then you're consistent, you have a a great chance. Um, But if you're starting and maybe have kind of a smaller following, you know, don't let that discourage you. Like, and you don't need a big budget. Yeah, you can absolutely get started and use Zoom with no microphone. As long as you have a decent built-in microphone that doesn't crackle or sound horrible, um, you you can really get started. I mean, a Yeti microphone is about $100 now, maybe $125. Boom arm is about 50 bucks if you get a nice one. This microphone I upgraded to is $250, $275. Um, and I love it because it's a USB plug-in, so you don't need to run it through many boards. We do all that in post-production. So really podcasting is a low, there's a low uh, startup cost to it. Um, But I'll say with that being said, uh, anything you do in life, I feel like there's a balance of these two things, polarizing. Don't let the cost of something get in the way of you starting it. So don't let perfectionism slow you down is what I'm trying to say. Like, don't wait. Oh, I need a, you know, a thousand dollar budget or I need 50,000 followers on Instagram before I get started. Like, don't think about it that way. Getting started is the most important thing. Comma, make sure you're also investing it. You want it to look and sound good. It's like, if you get people to come to your show, if I, Hey, Jennifer, like, let's do this. I'm so excited you know, the show's launched, like you said, you wanted to hear about it. Once it's out, send you the link and I send you the link and it doesn't sound or look professional. 
and it just all you're thinking about is the sound of it because it, it sounds like it's not as good as the other shows you've listened to all of a sudden you're drawing attention to it for the wrong reason so i would say at a minimum you want it to sound you know good where you're proud of it just like anything like you wouldn't get hired to do something for someone and then just hand in half decent work right so i'd say um don't let all that perfectionism slow you down but at the same time don't just crinkle in a homework assignment and hand it in and expect the teacher to be like this is decent you know like people have so many options that i would say the barrier of entry is having your show look and sound good then it's you the talent that you bring to it the interest of your guests the stories you talk about that's all the magic that's going to have people coming back for more thank you and it's really important to keep that in mind and the other thing also just to keep in mind also as you're thinking about podcasting is the idea of audio and video mm -hmm. uh, formats for your show very often again we know about the modalities of learning people like listening people like hearing or seeing they like different ways of learning. And so if you can make your show available in video form as well as audio form, people are going to be consuming that in different ways and they will be working with you even more as you think about where you want to go. The only thing I would say, and Mike, just correct me if I'm wrong from your perspective, but if you're doing video, you want to be a, with a clear background or a way that it doesn't look messy. You also want to be, if you're in video, think about a tic-tac-toe box where you've got the nine squares. You want to be in the middle uh, row or middle column of the box and a little bit of room above your head before the top of the screen. So yeah. that way you're going to look normal, I guess is a mm -hmm. way to put it. Just think about when you're watching television, you're never seeing somebody way off the screen. It's always like a really good, tight perspective of that individual. And that's how you want to be seen on video. And that's whether or not you're doing a podcast. If you're even just on Zoom meetings or whatever, it's really mm -hmm. important just to think how you're actually coming out. And then one other thing is remember not to be wearing anything that's going to make you look washed out. And lighting is really important too. People want to see the eyes. Everything else, don't worry about as much, but you want to be able to see the eyes because of the no like, and trust factor. Mm -hmm. We know if we look somebody in the eyes, we can trust them. If we can't see their eyes, the no like, and trust factor kind of fades away. So, Mike, that all pretty much makes yeah, that's sense really, where you guys see it right. Yeah, that's great. I mean, yeah, lighting is definitely important. If it's, if it's really low lighting or poor lighting, obviously the video quality is going to degrade, but... It also, again, it's that professionalism of um, putting your, your best foot forward. You wouldn't walk into a networking meeting like you just, you know, th threw an outfit on in the car ride over, right? Like you'd, you'd show up looking good. I'm not saying you have to be wearing a three-piece suit. I'm wearing it. I wear t-shirts when I do my shows, but it's, you know, I'm always prepared. I'm always looking good. You know, the hair is done. Like you're showing up like I would be sitting at having a cup of coffee with you, right? So I'd say like, you know, come looking like yourself being ready but also you know how do we capture that well with proper lighting the headroom thing is great i i've 
couldn't tell you out of 130 episodes I've recorded with my guest. Uh, that's one of the things I'm always asking people if they have a swivel, if their camera can move, if they can change the angle of their laptop so it frames them better. You're framed perfectly right now. Um, it's, it's cool. Both of us are very similar in frame. Again, kind of centered up there. You could be a little off to the right or left, but you still want to be somewhere in those lines like you mentioned. And headroom is great because if you have too much headroom, um, adding graphics like a lower third with your name and your social media underneath it, if your head is way down there, you're gonna, it's going to look funny when a lower third comes up. It'd basically be black in your face. So the, the news framing, like if you're watching the news and you see how somebody is framed from typically waist up to chest up, that's what you're looking for on, on video. Um, there's different ways you can achieve it, but you know, that's media production 101 is proper framing. I talked about lighting. If you have a decent computer, you don't have to start off with like, you know, a great camera, like a MacBook has like HD, I think it's 1080 that comes built in. Absolutely uh, super affordable options for cameras that you can plug in to your computer and you can run it, you know, as a, as a plug-in while you're recording. And then instead of using your built-in uh, um, camera, you can use the external. And again, that's, that's a pretty low barrier of entry kind of situation where a couple hundred bucks, you can be, you know, in a, in a much better resolution, especially if you're doing a YouTube channel. Yeah. Thank you. And that definitely is going to be a lot of help, I think, for people that are listening. And so, again, as we look at the topic of podcasting with a purpose, so I know, Mike, that you have a lot of different things that you've been through in your story. I mean, when we were in the green room earlier, we touched on some of your past and going through the um, the music background and the um, tell us a little bit more about that story. Yeah, so I've had a love for the entertainment business, if you will, since I was a little guy. Like I grew up, um, I was watching the you know when VHS tapes um, <laughs> were still around. You know, I was actually my brother and I, we would record, we would make our own little movies in the backyard with mom's camcorder, you know, it was like the shoulder cameras from the late eighties, early nineties. We would make our own movies. A lot of times we would write screenplays. We had this really old Amiga computer that was probably a decade older than that from like the eighties that our, our uncle gifted to us. And my, my brother's a really good artist. Even when he was young, he was phenomenal. And he would create um, graphics on this thing. So our names could pop up on the screen and it would be like hand drawn. It was really cool. We were like, we thought we were, <laughs> we thought we were like Spielberg and Zemeckis back in the day. I always use those two guys because we love all their movies. Uh, but that's, that's really where it all started. Like picture eight year old Mike running around. I was behind the camera. I was on the camera. Any friend in the neighborhood that was nearby, we'd pull him over and be like, okay, you're going to be the bad guy in the movie. And that's where it all started, where I just loved that part of it media production and I pursued it all the way into college. I actually uh, have a media production degree from Buffalo State. And then, um, you know, I, I learned, you know, how to capture audio and video professionally, taking courses there and studied it a lot out, outside of school because it was a passion of mine. And then when I was going back also around 10, 11 years old, 
Music was something I felt. I'll tell you, like, I remember when I was a little guy, my sister had this Care Bears record. Okay. That was real. I just recently listened to it because I have a seven year old daughter and I, I like brought it out, dusted it off and showed it to her. And she was like, this is for babies. Like, she's too cool for it. I'm like, hey, man, when we were kids, this is this is where our music influence came from, Care Bears. But I remember like that record and it just had like bass and drums locked in, you know, it was kind of like very Beatles-esque. And I just fell in love with music. And then my mom had a good musical interest too. My dad loved Elvis. My mom loved the Beatles. She also had a Boston cassette because we had a cassette record player from the 80s. <coughs> Excuse me. And you know, when, when our parents were basically doing whatever they were doing, it was get your hands on whatever you can. So I'd be listening to Boston and then like Led Zeppelin and the Beatles. So I grew up with a lot of great music influence. And the thing that just came naturally to me was, was banging on pots and pans. Um, and then once I found out that you can actually take an instrument in school, I'm like, wait a minute, you could play the drums in school, sign me up. And I just played every, every band that had percussion in it. I was in it from you know concert band when you're a little guy to um high school i did jazz marching band i even did uh orchestra i'm like if there's percussion in it sign me up so i loved that and then uh, on my 18th birthday i played my first show outside of a school situation it was a uh, at a club called mohawk place in buffalo my first show at a bar and uh we did really well and i uh, did that for about I'd say seven or eight more years to playing in different rock bands in uh, Buffalo and kind of traveling a little bit in the local area. Absolutely loved it. One of my greatest, probably my greatest talent is playing the drums. Um, and now I do it in my worship group at church. And I absolutely love being a part of worship. And uh, I do believe in God, if you couldn't tell. And I, I love giving back. It's like a thank you for blessing me. I'm serving. And uh, that's why podcasting with the purpose is the topic of today's conversation, because when I'm podcasting, it's not about me. It's serving the audience. When I'm playing my drums, it's not about me. It's about serving the people in that auditorium who are connecting on a different level. And I'm someone who's helping that process take place. Uh, very much so serving. And of course, I get fulfillment from it too, but in an unselfish way. And uh, I think that really quality podcasters, influencers, they realize that it's, it's not just about them. It's about the people that they're inspiring, connecting. And um, I don't know when my end date is, but my goal in life is to make, to, to leave this planet. I came in in 1986, right? That's when I was born. Whenever my end date is, if I can say that there's some people, handful of people, a million people, a billion people, whatever the number is, that are, are, you know, I impacted them in a positive way, right? So whether it's listening to the show, listening to music, having a conversation with me one-on-one -on -one like you are right now, um, if there's, if I can leave people better than I found them, that's fulfilling for me. There's no money that's tied to that. Does money come from it? Yeah. Now I get to podcast, I get paid for it and I love doing it. But at the end of the day, when my clients are growing their following and doing things that they love to do, and they're inspiring their audience, that is now connected to why we serve and and it's all full circle feels so good you can get compensated properly for it everybody wins i completely agree with you on that and i love the care bears just too cool for that <laughs> that's for babies yeah she, she's oh i love cool. the care bears growing up you know 
You probably had the same record. For sharing and sticking out their chest and having their rainbows come out. Yes. Uh, I remember that birthday party very well. My sister, she was born in 82, so she's four years older than me. All of her girlfriends, she was was probably, if I was maybe three, that would be 89. So she was seven. So she was about Isabel's age, who's now too cool for this record, my daughter. But my sister, when she was seven, this this record was on and i remember they had like pin the tail on the donkey and they had this like you you had the clothespin to drop it in the in the little glass uh jar and it's funny because it was like they're like 12 seven-year-old girls and i'm the younger brother and i have another brother i don't remember if he was even around but i was just trying to mix myself in there you know uh just just hang out (laughs) try to try to hang out and i just remember that record playing and uh, just a moment of being a, a youngster where music started to influence me, the beat, the way it made you feel, the bass, the drums. Um, and then once I discovered the actual albums that we had at our house, it, it was like, I never looked back, you know, I just fell in love with it. Yeah. And so let me ask you, Mike, one of the things that you mentioned about the giving back, about the being there to help others. That's got to come from a position of gratitude that you have, that you're feeling grateful in terms of where you are, what you've been given, like you said, and that you're giving back. So when you think about a mindset of gratitude, what does that mean, though, to you other than just giving back through your music, giving back through the conversations? Mm -hmm. What does it mean? I love the setup there. I don't know if that was intentional, but the thing that I do uh, end all my shows with, and it's all over on my social media is be great. That's what the BG is for. Be great. And the second BG is be grateful. You can see it on the t-shirt. If you're watching this on YouTube, be great and be grateful. What that means to me is anything you do in life, whether you're a janitor and you're not where you want to be in life, but you're looking to like get out of that situation potentially, or maybe you do enjoy it. Maybe it's just, you, you like to do that kind of work or whatever, or whether you're a musician or a podcaster or you're an insurance agent, it doesn't matter what it is that you're doing, but be great at it, right? Like if there's an experience that you're creating, have the best experience possible. Don't have a subpar, half-assed, mediocre, that doesn't inspire you or the people that you're working with be great at it and look you, you may be just like hey it's my first day taking piano lessons like how do you expect me to be great what i mean is have a great mentality and mindset and going into that lesson saying i'm going to learn as much as i can so that's the be great side of it it's a mentality and mindset the grateful side of it is once you come to life with that idea of i'm i'm looking for greatness and that's what's inspiring you behind your actions, then, you know, when you wake up in the morning and go to bed at night, be grateful and mindfully either write down or take a mental note of those things that happen throughout the day that you're grateful for each experience that Jennifer had me on the show today. After this, I get to talk to my team. The fact that I have a team, the fact that I have great team members. I talked about my daughter every day. I remind myself how grateful I am to have a beautiful, healthy daughter, my own health, I have a beautiful relationship with my mother, my sister, my brother. We all are, are, you know, keeping close connection. I realize not every family has that. Those are things that easily can get taken for granted. I don't take anything for granted anymore. I drive to go get a coffee, come home, 
that's a super simple thing. I went to the post office earlier today to check the PO box, got a coffee on the way home. I remember pulling into the driveway with gratitude. Like, you know what? I was able to do that. I was able to just get there back and forth. Some people don't have a car. Some people can't afford the gas prices, being able to grab a coffee, like it's in the budget, that kind of thing. Those simple things. I don't take any minute task for granted. And then the big things, obviously, uh, you're extremely grateful for, but I talk to my daughter about this all the time is that waking up and going to sleep in gratitude. When you think about it, it it's, it really hits different. Like you, you really think about your day and your time spent so much differently when you're actually mindful about it. And the other thing I've learned, I've studied gratitude. And that's why I actually created a whole clothing line. These BGBG t-shirts you could sell. I'm not doing it for the money. All the money gets donated anyways, but I have be, be bold. I have a, um, be kind t-shirt, be obviously be great and be grateful. So it's a mindset. And then uh, the, the last thing I learned that I want to share that I learned about gratitude is that when you're actually in a state of true gratitude, thinking about something that you absolutely appreciate to the fullest, it's impossible physically for us to be in fear at the same time, to be scared, to be hurting, you know, like, we can escape if you have some underlying things that are going on, depression, if you will, when you actually physically are feeling gratitude, not just saying, hey, I'm happy, I had a nice time, the sky is blue. If that, if you're really grateful that it is and you feel that, then absolutely it's real. So if somebody's having a hard time kind of with gratitude or understanding exactly what I mean, look it up, check it out. There's some amazing books about it. I've interviewed some phenomenal people who have gratitude journals and all kinds of cool stuff. But that is how much I think about it on a daily basis and, and live it and preach it because it is something I believe in. And that's definitely a really important point is being grateful, like you said, having that journal or a way of just making a note to be grateful. But Mike, let me ask you, if somebody's interested in working with Social Chameleon, and I know you've got a bunch of different plans that you offer to allow people to really experience what social chameleon can do for them, how it can benefit them in their business. Can you tell us a little more how they would get started with you? And I understand that uh, for our loyal listeners, you also have a special offer that you'd like them to know about um, hmm. to get started with you. Yeah, absolutely. So if you mention this interview, I will take care of you as I would normally, but I would I'd offer you a discount on the services as well. Um, there's really four things we do. I kept it really simple because originally I had way too many options and plans. Um, we can always customize something for you if you don't fall into one of the, the four options that we have, of course. Like if you have a different, if it was ice cream and there's a flavor that you want us to mix or something, yeah, we're happy to do that. But really the four are simple. It's the pro plan, which is audio only. So some shows are, are audio post to audio and video, and we take care of everything head to toe on it, uh, cover art, um, show notes, you know, distribution, getting you set up, that whole thing. Um, and it's weekly shows. So we say up to five shows produced per month. Some months, most months have four, some have five. So we do weekly shows up to five releases per month. And then that same format holds true for the next level up, which is influencer, which then gets into audio and video. And then at that level, we also do the social media content where we're doing videos with subtitles and 
things that you can put on your Instagram reels or your Facebook stories, you know, Instagram stories, TikTok. And now we launched recently a third plan, which is the elite plan, which helps you with guest sourcing. There's a lot of time and energy that goes into getting guests on your show, scheduling them, emailing them, um, even identifying who you want to get on the show and having somebody actually behind the scenes working towards that goal. And it's everything else we talked about included. And you get even more content created for you uh, within that plan. And then, so those are the three plans. There's really three. The fourth one is a do-it-yourself, uh, three sessions of coaching with me. It's one-on-one -on -one with me. And uh, it's to teach you everything you need to know to get started and make sure you're starting and, and stepping off with that, planting that, that foot firmly on the ground. So you can start your podcast confidently, um, having everything ironed out that you need. Uh, so you're not really guessing and hoping it's actually coming up with a strategic plan to get started. So those are the four things right there. Pro, influencer, elite, and then do-it-yourself coaching. Thank you. And so, Mike, before we end our show today, what's your final thoughts for the day? Hey, my final thoughts today are if you haven't gotten started, get started. Um, if you're like me, you kind of get started and figure the rest out later. I'm not saying that that's the best strategy for everything. I like that Jennifer earlier said kind of a disclaimer at the beginning of the show, like, hey, everything we talk about, you don't have to do these things verbatim step-by-step -step, word for word, what Mike says or what I say, everybody has their own kind of process that works for them. But um, if you haven't gotten started and you, and you hate the fact that you haven't got started, don't let all this, this noise that's kind of holding you back, whether it's societal or family or whatever, or someone that is telling you how to live your life or what your dreams can or cannot be, please get true to yourself and tell yourself, you know, if not today, when? You know, and oh, I could do it in five years. Why not get started today and work towards something? The other thing I'd say is if you don't have a clear understanding of what your goals are, like literally down to either the dollar amount or a physical goal, something you want to obtain or someone you want to meet or whether it's a person you want to interview, if it's not written and if it's not something you focus on, the likelihood of it happening is much lower easiest way I can kind of explain that is if you give me two people and you tell them both to end up at a location, one person has a roadmap to get there. The other person doesn't. You explain the location to both people and they have to go find it. Who's going to get there first? The person obviously with the roadmap who's looking at it has road markers, turn by turn directions, right? Now, turn by turn direction, just because you have a goal, doesn't mean that you're going to have a turn by turn direction. That's where coaches come into play. Um, I'm not just talking about hiring someone like myself to help you with your podcast. I'm talking about a life coach and be careful because there's a million of them out there. But if you hire someone who's professional, I would just tell you to find out more about that person. Is it someone who's done the exact thing that you want help with? If you're going to the gym and you're looking for six pack abs, you want to walk in and work with someone who has six pack abs, not someone who works looks similar to your current condition or maybe even worse. I've seen this happen, folks. And that's, I'm talking gym because we can, we can easily picture that in our head in five seconds. But if it's something that mindset you want to focus and work on, make sure you're working with people who have actually achieved the things that you're looking to do because they're going to actually help you and people love helping. So whether you get 
you pay someone to help you or you ask a mentor for five minutes of their time, please, you're not, you're most mentors that actually have a good heart are not going to feel like the time's wasted. As long as you actually listen more than you speak when you're working with a mentor or coach, take in as much information as possible. And the last thing I'll say is you do not need a budget typically as long as you have a computer and the internet. And if you don't have that, go to your local library. There is no shortage of information. So don't make an excuse to, I cannot get started because I don't have all the information. You can get information at the touch of a button. And don't say I cannot or I can't. I tell my daughter the same thing. The second that comes out of your mouth, you're already shooting yourself down. Say, hey, I don't know the answer yet. I can find it. Go find it. So that's my, that's my two cents to uh, getting started. If you're already started, level up. Be great. Be grateful. Thank you so much, Mike. And as I think it was Zig Ziglar that said, you don't have to be great to get started, but you have to get started to be great. And yeah. it's really key as you think about where you are in your business, where you are and what you're trying to do in life. As Mike said, if you find a life coach, if you find a business coach like me, if you find solutions <clears throat> that are there to really help you in whatever it is that you're trying to figure out, there's plenty of people that are out there Mm-hmm. that really, as Mike was saying, are there to be helping and want to be helping. It's always what's in it for you, what's in it for them. Very often for me, I always tell people when they ask me, um, how can I help you? I say, I'm on a mission to help as many small business owners as I can. Mm-hmm. Even a five to 10 minute question, what's their most burning issue, whether or not they're going to be a paying client of mine. I'm happy to at least have that five, 10 minute uh, call so that I can see if I can help you with whatever your issue is. And think about that as you move forward with what it is that you're trying to do. Mike, I want to thank you again so much for being my guest today. I hope that all of you got a lot of value. And now that you listen to this episode, consider going back to the beginning again. And listen for the nuances in some of the things that Mike was saying and that I mentioned in our conversation. Because first you listen for the substance, then you can hear the nuance and the really ninja hacks that Mike and I dropped on the show today. So go back and really listen again uh, to the show. Watch it over if you're on YouTube and Until next time, this has been another episode of Mojo, The Meaning of Life and Business, and here's to your success. This has been another episode of Mojo, The Meaning of Life and Business podcast. If you like what you heard, please consider leaving us a review, liking us, or reaching out to us. You can contact us at bgsicoaching.com and let us know what you think. Thanks so much again for listening.